Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week we're having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. When people divorce, it's always such a tragedy. At the same time, if people stay together, it can even be worse. I thought I'd start today's episode with this quote from Monica Bellucci as today Carla Brown is telling us about her amicable divorce and how staying in good terms is benefiting her family. Her number one priority is to protect the kids. She tells us about her challenges and the importance of setting clear boundaries. Hope you will enjoy this episode. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. You can also take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure. But without further ado, let's begin. Carla, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good. Happy to have you on. Thank you. I'm happy, happy to be here and share my experience. Yes, thank you so much. But before we dive in, could I please ask you to introduce yourself? Okay, my name is Carla. I'm 48 years old. I divorced in 2014, separated from my husband in 2013. Um, we have two children together, my sons, who are now 18 and 21. So I've got um, the eldest is called Charlie. He's 21 and Zach is 18. Um, Charlie no longer lives at home. He's moved out. Zach lives here with me. Um, and I live in, um, in Suffolk on the east coast of um, England in a seaside town. So I have quite a nice, um, um, a nice view from my windows. Uh, and I still live in the town where my children grew up which is really nice. That's nice. Yeah, it must be nice. Some seaside sounds so good right now. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we were speaking earlier and you told me about your divorce, saying that you don't particularly think it was out of the ordinary, but usually when you speak to other people, they tend to think, wow, that's very different. Yeah, that's right. They, um, 
when I when I talk about my divorce and the relationship I continue to have with my ex-husband, I feel that it's just normal and that's how things are. Um, I'm not naive the fact that lots of people do have awful divorces for lots of different reasons, but my experience was very different to that. Amicable um, would be the a best word to describe, I suppose. But when I talk to people about it, um, apparently amicable doesn't really cover it. It's a lot more than that. Um, so we have quite um, a unique relationship, I suppose, which is what um, has come across to some people and um, an almost perhaps um, sometimes at some points, maybe, maybe too amicable, too friendly, but um, I wouldn't change it. Um, and I was very conscious that this is the way that I would want my divorce to be. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it must be better to be amicable than uh, than the opposite, I can imagine. And also for the children, because um, it must have been uh, at the moment, you know, at the time, a very life-changing experience for your entire family. Yeah, of course, they... Um... They were, I was just trying to think how old they, they were. I mean, we, we divorced because um, I just didn't want to be married anymore. And I wasn't happy. I think my husband would have, um, he would have stayed married and, and tried. And we did try. We did try to work things out. We did a number of things and, and went to counselling and mediation and all those types of things. But it just boiled down to the fact that I was approaching 40 years old and I wasn't getting from the marriage what I hoped that I would and I just didn't feel as happy as I wanted to and I felt that I was pulling him down with me and also denying him the chance of having a happy relationship a fulfilling relationship so it just sort of broke broke down really not there was no arguments I'm not the argumentative type type of person and nor is he um if we did have a disagreement I was always very conscious that the children didn't know about that. Um, so in 2013, um, early 2013, we decided that we wouldn't um, continue to be um, a couple. We did try and live in the same house. We had a um, fourth bedroom. We had a home that was, we thought, big enough to um, live in the same house and raise, the, raise our children, raise our boys in a way that was best for them so that we could perhaps go around about our own lives but live in the same house well it soon became apparent that you that's just not right you can't do that you can't live a separate life and expect somebody else to um watch you do that um and because children are intuitive and they mm. do want to know you know well, why is dad in the other bedroom or why don't you and dad why are you not together at so oh, so at this point they didn't know yet you were just trying no, to because yeah um they were um, 11 and 14 at this point in 2000, early 2013. Um, very, very happy boys, just a, you know, ordinary boys going to the local um, primary school. Um, and their father was a firefighter. I had um, given up my career because I wanted to be a mum and raise children. So they were used to me being at home. Um, I did have a part time job in a um, bar and restaurant, which I would do when they were at school I hadn't I didn't do that until they started school so I do that while they were at school so they um just had you know ordinary boys doing what boys do um two sets of grandparents very close-knit family very close to all of us 
the thing was, because we never argued in front of them and because we weren't an argumentative couple, the children didn't think that there was anything wrong. Um, and I think that made it harder um, because um, the eldest said, but you don't ever argue um, why, when we told them, when we did say to them, we're going to be, um, I was going to move out with them um, because our house was going to have to be sold. Um, and they said, but you don't ever argue. So what's wrong? Why? Why? So they had a lot of questions and obviously they were very upset. Um, they didn't, perhaps if they'd have seen us argue and fight and had seen, you know, that would have done its damage. Um, but they may have had an understanding. It sort of came out of the blue for them. Yeah, that the was actually my, my next question. Like, were they completely surprised then? Because, yes. yeah, they must have. Yeah. So, so how they, did you deal were, with that then? Did yeah, you? They were completely surprised. Um, friends and family were surprised, maybe some more surprised than others. Um, but how did we deal with it with the children was... Um, it's never going, never easy when you have to take children out of the home that they've um, got used to. But we um, we planned it and we, and we spoke together about how it would be. Um, I found somewhere else to live, which was literally just around the corner, the next road along um, to where their dad was going. He was going to stay in the house until it's sold. He came to look at the apartment with me um, to make sure that it would be okay for the children. And he was happy with that. Um, and so we we just moved around the corner into a into a into another road. I can't remember now. It's funny how your how your brain um, does that. You can um, forget the some of the bad experiences go until you have a trigger. And I it was it was horrible. We I mean, nobody wants their marriage to end. I didn't get married thinking that I wanted to be divorced. Mm. Um, and I went, you know, I felt that I had failed. I'd failed um, their dad. I'd failed them because I just couldn't be happy with this person. Um, so we, we tried, we, we told them, we told their teachers at school. Both of my boys um, play football. And at that age, even at that age, they were involved quite heavily with some, um, with a local football team academy um, and doing very, very well at their sport. So my main concern was how is it going to affect them in school and how is it going to affect them in their sport? Um, and how do, we, how do we manage that? So it was keeping everybody informed really. Before I moved out, um, we had meetings with those people, um, the key people in their education and in, in their sport so that those people were ready to um, step in um, and to make allowances when needed. Um, and to talk, and I thought I think that's really important, especially as they're boys, because they would have just um, it would have come out differently in both of my children. One would have gone quiet, and the other one would have I know would have got aggressive. Mm. So um, it was making people aware that there could be a change in their behaviour as well. But we spoke to them. I spoke to some. Their dad spoke to some people. So we managed that transition in that way and kept talking to those people as well to make sure um, that they were sort of like, that our children were looked after by those around us as well. Um, they were happy in their new environment because they kept seeing their dad. They could just walk around the corner. They were old enough to uh, just walk back to the house that they, they'd been growing up in. Um, 
we didn't have um, a fixed arrangement. So I know that a lot of divorces or separations, people say, well, I'll have them every other weekend and a Wednesday night, or they, they have fixed arrangements. We didn't have that. We very much did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and were able to say what they wanted. Their dad also worked shifts as a firefighter. So it wasn't always easy to set specific days and times. But if they wanted to go and see him, they would just go and see him. They would walk past his house on the way home from school. If he was there, they could go in. I never had any issue, problem with it at all. And we carried on talking to each other. It was upsetting to start with, but we got over that. He helped move my furniture into my new place with a group of friends. Um, And that is how it continued. It wasn't always, it hasn't always, I'm I'm painting a picture here that it was like, oh no, very, very rosy and amazing. It wasn't, he was obviously very hurt. I was upset, although I didn't want to be in the marriage, I was still upset. So there were times where it was, there was those little niggly comments. There was, um, there was, there was some times when um, it wasn't like that. Um, Some hurtful things were said. Um, but they were always away from the children. Again, I was very conscious that they would not now see us argue either. I wanted them um, to have a, a, you know, just to see that see their dad and that neither one of us was being upset because I thought that would, if they saw their dad upset me, they might not want, they might side with me. I didn't want them to have to ever take a side. Um, I also wanted them to be able to talk freely about their dad to me and the other way around too, so that if dad was doing something, they could tell me if dad was in a new relationship, we could talk about it. So it just became like normal that dad lived there and mum lived, some, they lived with me somewhere else. Mm. And so it didn't really impact them in their life, as you said, because this is what you were afraid of. So you talk to different people. Did it have an effect at all or... Did they pretty much? Um, I think those effects take a little while to come out immediately. Yes, there were, you know, tears and upset and why, and they couldn't understand. Um, As they've got older, you can see the effects sort of like come out the um, uh, not being able to form an an attachment to um, maybe um, my partner because of the fear that that might not last. they're boys. They, you know, you you don't get a lot out of them. They did turn to their they did turn to their sport, um, and that became their their savior. Really, they were able to really throw themselves into it. it. Became very. They both always knew that they wanted to be footballers. Um, I was in a position that I could um, take them to any training that they wanted to go to, all of the matches that they had, um, and they were playing at the highest level that they could for their age took a lot of commitment from me and their dad. Um, I shouldered a lot of the um, commitment with the football, but he was always there in the background. Should one of them, they didn't always train at the same time. So should one of them want, need to be picked up? He, we would always have to talk because um, there was always a, um, a one boy that would need to be in a different place or something different was happening, a different match. So we always talked. We used to go to um, parents' evenings together, um, We used to stand and watch their football matches. Um, At the same time, I was, was, I mean, I didn't always stand next to him. Um, There have been times in the recent past where my eldest um, 
on both of them actually, but particularly the oldest, has been playing in a, um, a long way off from where we live. And we've shared um, transport there. So, we'll, you know, one of us will drive and the other one will be in the passenger seat. I do have to say that's about as much time as I can spend with him and tolerate with him in a confined <laughs> space. <laughs> two hours, two hours in a car. I'm just about all right. Anything longer than that, then I do want to um, get out and end it. So we're, we're friendly, but put me in a confined space. And I know all of the reasons why I didn't want to be married to him. I guess it sort of sounds like, well, why did you not want to be with him? All of those irritating things when you're shut in a car with somebody, especially if you have to sit in a traffic jam on the M25 for quite a long time, it then starts to show uh, <laughs> all those reasons there why we're not married used to um, used to still come out. Yeah, yeah, but I guess uh, yeah, it, it must be a lot of organization to figure out between you two and with the kids and making a lot of decisions and because they're also athletes as we said so it's going to different games practice yeah. I don't know so yeah because uh, we talked a little bit before about their actual routine and health um, you know making sure that they get enough food sleep all yeah, of that so right. it must be yeah that's um, right and and so we always um Their dad and I always would speak um, about their routine, about what needed to happen, what they would need to eat. Um, but when we were married, when we raised the children, we always agreed on the discipline and how we raised them. And we have continued to agree on that all the way. Um, one of the principal things that we say is if one of us has instilled something um, and the other one doesn't quite agree with it, we won't disagree in front of the children. So we'll have that conversation afterwards. Like, okay, well, why did you, why did you do that? I don't quite agree with it. Tell me why you did it. And then, so we would never put the other person down in front of the children or go against what they, their discipline and what they were doing. But um, from the time that we met, we knew how we wanted to raise children and that didn't change throughout. And I think that's what's held this um, together, this, this relationship together is we've always agreed on what would be best for our children. I know, he know my ex-husband knows the football world. He knows about football. I know how to be a mum to a footballer, um, but he knows about football. So he's supported them in any advice that they've needed, either about playing, um, their training. Um, he's not an expert, but he knows enough and they listen to him. So I let him deal with all of that side of things. Um, And very happily, we'll let him deal with all of those things. Um, I do with all the, the things that, you know, um, making sure that they eat right, that they came home on time, um, that, I, um, that I got them there, that they always had that, you know, they had, and, and typically, you know, their kit was clean, everything, they had everything that they needed. Um, even now, they're both playing professionally, um, but... Um, Uh, proper league clubs, professional football, full-time professional footballers. Um, we still speak now um, about um, their contracts, about who's going to go and support them with their meetings, um, about football agents. We'll still speak about it, and I'm very happy to let him deal with it. I trust him completely. So he's one of the people in my life that I would trust, still trust completely, um, because he's never let the children down. Mm. Um, And that 
has you know that has always been there that he's always put them first I mean I we, we always like to think we put our children's needs first I know sometimes when you're part-time parenting that that doesn't happen can't happen something else comes along but he's always put them first yeah so I think the fact that you had agreed on the fundamental values and education style or everything like that that like you actually had that conversation before and agreed that must have been key because I cannot even imagine if you're not sure from the you know from the beginning and then or if it's the reason why you divorce because I can I know that sometimes it's also because of that because you realize that it's not the education that you want for your kids and you know that your partner may be that certain way that doesn't fit or and that must be a lot more complicated the one thing that the one well the one thing that ran through our marriage um, and we were always agreed on was how to raise the children and how to discipline them Um, and like I said if there was any minor um, uh, disagreement about it then we would talk about and say we'd back each other up I'd never you know if I decided that Mm. on a level of punishment And I can remember banning my son from having his PlayStation for about two weeks because he'd done something wrong. Um, And then his dad said, this is when we were still married, his dad said, well, I don't think the punishment fits the crime and two weeks is a bit long, but we had this conversation away from the children. Um, He says, so I'm not saying that you should back down, but I think perhaps you should consider maybe the length of the ban. So we talk about it. So then I could, then I would go back and then I went back to Charlie and said, you know, this is um, what you've done is wrong. But I think I was wrong and it's a bit of a long ban. So we'll, shall we agree that it's not going to be as long? So he would never go against me and go, I'll give him back his PlayStation because I think you're mm. wrong. So we always go through this whole, um, from the time we met right through till now. So, you know, I think... Um, it's 24 years since I met him our eldest son is 21 so that's the one thing and I think that's what's kept us um amicable more than amicable friendly um we live in the same still live in the same small town so our paths do cross we have shared friends still shared interests um I have a new partner he also gets on with my ex-husband we don't go out of our way to socialize, but if our paths cross, we're quite fine to stand and have a conversation. It just makes for life to be a lot more comfortable for everybody, including our children. They know it doesn't matter that they can um, bump into me if I'm with my partner and they're with their dad, or if we go to the like when we, um, you know, if we are ever out in the local restaurant or the pub and our paths cross. It's but it's very easy. It's been easier for us than it has been for um, some of our friends. Yeah, I can imagine it makes it much easier for everyone because it's not such a worry of seeing someone or being asked a question or, uh, yeah, sometimes... Take it si- no, no, take sides. I think sometimes, you know, quite often in a divorce, then shared friends um, feel that they have to take one or the other person's side. There were some friends who, um, despite um, my ex and I still getting on, they still decided that because I was the instigator of the divorce and that they weren't going to speak to me. They would cross, literally cross the, the road and look the other way. 
yet knowing that we still got on with each other. They, they were more affronted that I had divorced my husband than, than he was, which is very strange. And even now, all these years later, there's still um, some people who feel that I um, did the wrong did, did, did wrong by him. Um, so yeah, that, that bit of it is unusual that other people would be more upset by it than, than we are. That's hard. People will have opinions anyway, even though they don't know exactly yeah. everything. Um, but yeah, I guess, how are you all feeling now? How are your, your boys, you know, it, does it still have any sort of impact on, on them or? They, um, my eldest son um, lives about an hour and a half away. Um, he was able to, you know, still um, have that long distance relationship um, with his dad. He went away to, um, he left home actually at 16 um, to go and um, play football. And he lived with a um, with a another family. That's quite common to do that if you leave to be a professional footballer and you're under 18. So he lived with another family, another lady. Um, so we, he, they would still they still had a relationship. His career is still continued on. He now lives in his own place. But yes, he'll talk to his dad. They meet up. Um, they play golf. So they all, that's a great you know thing activity that they can do together. Mm -hmm. um, and um when before charlie moved away and we were i lived with them in another house um i don't live with my partner now but we live in uh, i live um in my own home and they know that their dad's very welcome here this is their home as well as it is mine i might pay the uh, i might pay the bills but it's still their home so if they want their dad to come round and have a cup of tea with them or they just want to invite him round and sit in the kitchen then that's fine because this is their home. Um, and, you know, there's been times when I think, oh, oh, he's there. So I, you know, I just go and sit in another room. Um, but they know that he can, that he can come around here um, whenever he wants. They go to his house, um, you know, just a short um, walk up the road. We live in, both live in different houses now, but we're still in the same town. So they can, they can know that they can go there. They still have this very, um, Sort of fluid relationship mm. will get on but they just live in different places do you uh, have any boundaries at all yeah that's an interesting question oh oh yeah yeah I mean it's it, it sounds like it's all like really really lovely doesn't it but it's not um I'm yeah I think we, we do we don't there's no like physical um like he doesn't have to stand at the door but the boundaries you know I don't speak sometimes I don't speak to him for weeks or message him if there's something that I need to talk to and it's only and our relationship is purely for the children's sake so um I wouldn't contact him if I needed anything else it's just around the children and mm. um, usually with a message or a phone call um I don't be into his home um he has another um He's in another relationship. I have to be in. We're both very respectful of the fact that we have other partners in our lives. So the contact is purely for the children's sake. Um, I think perhaps had my children followed different careers, it didn't need um, us to help them so much with um, their progression, then I probably wouldn't have anything to do with him um, at all. 
but it would still be comfortable if I if I saw him. It's un- I know it's unusual, and it and it is it hasn't always been as lovely as it sounds. It's been um, a conscious effort, I would say, to make it this way. I didn't want to be that family where um, I just handed them over on a doorstep, um, mm. or he. That's not what I wanted for us. And that would have been super complicated with your schedules for like not one but two footballers. Like, yeah, <laughs> this, this yeah it would have. It it just wouldn't have worked for them. Um, so I don't have. Um, I don't have anything to do with my um, my ex-in-laws. So his parents, unless I pass them, um, his mum certainly doesn't want to speak to me. Um, So there is a boundary there. I don't have, you know, he's the only person I don't have any relationship with my, um, his side of the family at all. Mm. Only And when I need it. Um, I think the other thing that made it easier was I stepped away from the marriage financially too. Um, I made that decision that I would be financially independent. I had my equity from our home. But other than that, that was it. Um, he paid um maintenance for the children we came to an agreement on that um we did go to mediation actually um before we got divorced because of the the financial side of thing and and Mm. not mediation to try and get back together but mediation about how we could um separate successfully um for me and him it didn't work it was um obviously it costs money to go to mediation Um, which you generally haven't got when you're going to be going through a divorce. And we decided that they were trying to tell us things that we didn't want to happen. So I was being advised to go after his pension um, to other, I was entitled to his pension. I was entitled to certain finances, which I didn't want to take from him because in my opinion, I was just going to take from him What my children, you know, it's only going to make it worse for him and the children if he doesn't have that money. So I chose to step away financially as well. And um, I think that helped to to maintain a relationship in his, his in his eyes that I wasn't going to take him to the cleaners financially. Yes, I think that's also probably a, a big part because then it removes also probably some of the conflicts because as we know, even in a couple, a married couple, or a divorced couple, I think finances is often uh, an issue or just uh, like it can create conflicts. So I think removing yeah. that is... Oh, yeah. I mean, and yeah. we were, I, financially, it's not a reason to, to um, stay married to, to somebody. For me, um, it was very difficult financially, um, very difficult. And I had to make use of all the um, government and state um benefits available to me um so I couldn't um you know it's not like I come from money and we were very wealthy it was not not that at all I didn't see the point in making him poor to make me rich or the children it just wasn't going to work like that for me so I stepped away um and left you know we just um sold our home luckily we had some equity in that which I was able to um to use for Um, to use but not a lot um, and then um, I had to um, I said before that I wasn't working or was working around the children I then had to start to work more hours and um, I um, 
went back to doing you know more work hours again while they were at school I still wanted them to be able to follow their career um so I just started working more days in school hours so mm. to make to make ends meet and yeah never have never lived extravagantly um but put everything into the into uh, the children taking them to to their make, helping them follow the path and it's paid off yeah that's amazing it's good. It's, uh, I mean, it's definitely, as you said, not all pink. There's been ups and downs. But the fact that you achieved something as big in like not that long, because sometimes it can take decades before you actually even mm. speak to them. But I think yeah, it, it makes things easier for everyone, as you said. And yeah, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's great and it doesn't always work like that so it's good that you guys were able to make it work because it's not just it happened it's also making it yeah, there was work. a lot of conscious decision making to make this happen I could have um yeah he could have hated me to be honest I think I you know I I don't want to take all of the credit for you know for it working like this um I was the I was the um neither of us were a guilty party I was the person that instigated it so he could have um, he could have made it difficult but you know a lot of credit goes to him for um for being the type of person that that he is too um and you know my my divorce came about for, for, for different different reasons to a lot of people's so I was you know actually did have a, a happy marriage to a to a point and then um you know it just it, it didn't go that way anymore so is there any final advice that you would like to share I think if you are if you are able to stay amicable with your partner after a divorce, it helps everybody, um, and it really does help the children. I know there's lots of reasons why it can't be so, but if you can just, even if it's only when the children see you, just try um, and not show negative emotions in front of the children. Um, because I want my my sons to grow up thinking that this is how you this is how you behave in in relationships, even if you're not married to somebody. So I wanted to them to see that, you know, their parents are still good people, um, and they're nice to each other, um, and um, that that they carry that. I was very conscious that I didn't want them to learn some behaviours from us. So yeah, lead. I guess you know, lead by example. Mm, yeah and also it's the respect that you show to yourself to others to you know people who are in your life you know I think it's it's a good value definitely to to give them to treat yeah. everyone with respect regardless of the situation yeah regardless of the situation and and just um be you know be, be kind just be kind be kind to yourself um as well um through it all um it is hard and um there will be emotions that you can't cope with but I try to keep some of those emotions away from my my children mm. and I think you know they a lot of it's paid off I know they haven't come through it completely undamaged but hopefully I've managed to limit that Of course, yes. And you never know, actually, um, because I always think that um, some some parents 
don't want to divorce because of their kids and obviously it's a massive decision to to make and it's changing everything but in my personal opinion in some cases showing the bad example of being unhappy and starting to argue or worse mm. then that doesn't show exactly the values of you know respecting yourself respecting others and as you yeah. as you said you oh, know before it's uh it's sometimes I, it's, I, it's worse I stayed in the marriage longer than I wanted to because I was wanted to stay for the children and I could feel that I was you know I was then starting to show a side of myself that um was not good for anybody staying staying for the children can sometimes work in my case um it wasn't working um at all and I think had I have stayed longer than I did I would always ended up in a in a divorce at some point whether it was when they were you know 18 or 28 mm. it gone this way we have a saying in French that says sometimes it's better to cut than to completely break So yes. before it yeah. gets to that point, sometimes it's just best to say, okay, yeah. it's time rather than seeing everything explode. Yeah, while, while, you're, while you're still able to make, a decision, make the decision instead of the decision being made for you. Mm, exactly. So thank you so, so much, Carla, for sharing your, your experience and, and you. like yours and your family's experience, actually. It was very interesting And I think we learned a lot of things and it will definitely be helpful to so many people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.